Welcome in to the newest episode of the Hoth Hangout Podcast. We're glad to have you here with us, joining us for episode 54. Hope you're having a fantastic day. In today's episode, Joey and I are going to be doing a deep dive into uh, one of the uh, relatively newer comics within the Star Wars universe. Came out back in 2015. This is the Kanan comic series, also known as Kanan the Last Padawan. Uh, this is the second time that Joey and I have done a deep dive into a Star Wars comic series. It's going to be a blast. We're looking forward to it. Joey, what's going on, man? Doing pretty good. Uh, we read all of the comics in the past, like, day or two, or maybe less. And uh, <coughs> Hours. <coughs> <laughs> maybe hour. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I've, I've been excited for this. We, uh, we do need to say uh, we hope Gibbo is having a good vacation. He's actually vacationing here in the States. So... Um, we are in the same, roughly in the same time zone. We're not like uh, eight hours behind or ahead or whatever it is. Uh, but he is vacationing, so he's not here with us today. So I uh, hope you're having a good time, Gibbo. Gibbo on the American time. Uh, now it's quite quite the change. But uh, yeah, Gibbo not with us today. Joey, pulling all the strings behind the scenes for this episode. I hope I don't mess up. Wish me luck. <laughs> Uh, as a, another quick reminder, if you're not subscribed to the Hoth Hangout podcast on YouTube, you can always check us out there for the video versions as well as separate reactions to the newest Star Wars shows and many other things of the like. Thank you to the 339 of you who are subscribed over there. We appreciate you very much. Additionally, you can always shoot us an email or any questions or thoughts you have about Star Wars or otherwise, the Hoth Hangout at gmail.com and we can display those thoughts or questions on the podcast and discuss them as well. Additionally, thank you for subscribing, uh, whether it be on Spotify or Apple, to the Hoth Hangout podcast. And for all of you audio listeners, be sure to leave a five-star review because we would very much appreciate it and uh, helps out the podcast as well. So thank you so much in advance for that. Additionally, you can check us out on all the socials, including TikTok, Instagram, and X, X, X. At Hoth Hangout on each of the social platforms. And uh, yeah, as I said, today we are going to be breaking down the Kanan comic book series, Kanan The Last Padawan. Uh, this was definitely something that uh, I enjoy doing because it, it kind of like forces me to kind of get out of my comfort zone when it comes to Star Wars, expand my horizons and learn lots of stuff. So uh, it was really a fun process, and I'm looking forward to talking about it with you today, Joey. Yes. But before we get into the juiciness of the Kanan conversation, um, we got a couple small tidbits of news we wanted to discuss. First of all, the, the first thing we wanted to talk about, which is really just <laughs> astronomically uh, high numbers when it comes to the price of this thing that was sold, a model of an X-Wing fighter an original one used in Star Wars Episode Four, which at the time was just Star Wars, um, sold most recently on Sunday. Uh, it was expected to sell for a price of about four hundred thousand. It ended up selling for over three point one million dollars. Can you <laughs> imagine? God. Imagine having that in your in your uh, in your attic for that long, only yeah. to find out that it sold, and then you like sell it at like a garage sale, and <laughs> only to find out it's sold for 3.1 million that that is an incredible incredible price tag my question is isn't this just like 
I mean, like if I was not, I'm not saying I'm not equivocating it to something you could just buy at Walmart. But if I went to Walmart and bought one of these, like, is it effectively the same size as that? Like, how big is this thing? How how is it? That's that a great question. I mean, I, I would assume that it was a little bit bigger than that, but um, I don't know. Just the fact that it was movie used, um, that this was something that um, either movie used or maybe screen used, where this was a model that they had used. I didn't read the entire thing, but you know, assuming it was around during that time and used for the movie in some sense. I mean. You know, this is Star Wars we're talking about, and having something, and and it looked like it was in decent condition uh, from the pic pictures, uh, but to have that, have that um, go to auction and go to, at that price, I can't, I can't even imagine. I, I wouldn't have expected that, especially if they were expecting it at what four hundred thousand. Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. For it to go this high, that is that is insane. The highest a prop has ever been bid on in any Star Wars movie. Kind of crazy. Also, you know, people should know you weren't kidding about the finding it in the garage thing. This was actually found in a Hollywood visual effects artist's garage. He was going through it. Uh, actually, he he it was, he recently passed away within the last year. But prior to his passing, I guess he found all this this really cool memorabilia and stuff that he had amassed over the years of being a visual effects artist in Hollywood. And uh, one of those lucky items just happened to be this model of an x-wing fighter so um i'd be curious to find out who the, the lucky bidder was but someone got a pretty cool prize i swear if this ends up on elon musk's uh mantle we're just gonna he's gonna show it off on x and watch it <laughs> oh how cool would that be that's the reason he bought it because it was an x-wing right yeah yeah <laughs> uh pretty neat there and um you know shout out to what was the hollywood visual effects artist's name greg jean Hope I'm pronouncing that last name correctly. Um, shout out to Greg for discovering that pretty cool piece of Star Wars history. So $3.1 million, quite a pretty penny for that one there. Our next piece of Star Wars news deals more in the realm of video games. And when I say video games, I'm referring specifically to Minecraft in this scenario. Uh, Minecraft has partnered with Star Wars and it is now going to be coming to the Minecraft world, it's called Minecraft Star Wars Path of the Jedi, which is a downloadable content pack that is coming to November, uh, coming to Minecraft on November 7th. Um, Joey, one of my most non-Zoomer attributes is that I don't understand Minecraft very well. So um, this one kind of like flies over my head a little bit, but mm -hmm. are you interested in this? Are you going to pick it up and play it? Ironically... Just this past week, I played Minecraft for the first time, not even ever? knowing that this was coming. Yes, ever. Wow. Not not even knowing that this was coming out. And so I, I had played with a couple of friends. They showed me around and how to do certain things. And um, But yeah, I mean, it's a kind of a build uh, a world building type of game that you could do. Yeah. Um, in addition, there's bosses you could fight. There's other things. You know, there's like a story as well if you want to do that. Um, so I can kind of see the appeal, obviously now being a Star Wars, uh, fan and kind of really early, early in my Minecraft, uh, gaming career, I could see how this could be pretty cool. So I'm, I, I may have to pick it up just to see exactly what's even going on. I'll, I'll have to have my friends come along too. Just be like, I don't know what's happening. You're going to have to tell me <laughs> exactly how to do certain things, but it's actually, it's actually pretty fun. And, uh, we have the video up here. If if anybody, uh, if you're watching the video version of the podcast, there's a little trailer that they showed. 
Um, and it looks pretty cool. So I think you basically are uh, either a Padawan or, you know, early Jedi. And you kind of, you, you know, there's a scene here. You you go with a Jedi council. And it looks like this has taken place around the Clone Wars era because we see uh, Yoda. We do see Plo Koon. We see um, Grievous. So there's, you know, so it's, it's around that time. Shakti. So there's a, there's a. There's definitely that's the era we're in again, and actually looks pretty fun. Yeah, I I I will have to try this. <laughs> I, I'm I haven't played Minecraft in like it's been years, I would say at this point. Um, but hey, I, I I guess they heard you had picked up the game recently, and they're like, you know what, we should release because Joey joined the world of Minecraft. Exactly, just just Star like a, and it's going to be releasing like a couple days after my birthday. So oh, they uh, even did it as a birthday yeah, present. What I do you know? Said. Now, if it was free, that would even be better. Oh, how much is it? I didn't even ask. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even, I didn't. I don't know if there was a price tag on that. Yeah, it doesn't even list. It just says sold separately on the site. It doesn't list a uh, doesn't list a price for the for the DLC. So, if there's any Minecraft fans out there, and you're and you're familiar with how much a downloadable how much downloadable content usually costs on Minecraft, let us know in the comments. Uh, and I'd also be more generally curious, like what people's familiarity with minecraft in general is like mm -hmm. i've certainly played it before and it's not necessarily my cup of tea but uh i know this is like a, minecraft is arguably the biggest game in the world am i maybe like fortnite would be the only exception but but i think that's uh, true yeah yeah anyways lots lots of eyes on star wars here with this this cool partnership between minecraft and star wars coming to uh the game again on november 7th Pick it up for Joey's birthday. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, additionally, and this is probably my favorite piece of Star Wars news that we have this week. Um, the NYCC Star Wars publishing panel officially released information regarding lots of new stuff coming, uh, I believe, all within the next year. Am I right in saying that? I think that's right. Um, but yeah, during Comic-Con, Lucasfilm Publishing had a panel, had a ton of different authors of a whole host of novels and short stories and books, uh, and gave fans a glimpse at the cover art for some of these upcoming titles, as well as some news from other books and comics. Uh, among these announcements was a new Marvel adaptation that will explore Ron's alliance with Darth Vader, so pretty cool to see that. That's what that, if you're watching the video version of the podcast, the one on the bottom right corner, Ron alliances, so... Uh, always thrilled to get more Thrawn content whenever it does present itself uh, as well. And as well as we'll be getting a first look at a new lightsaber hilt that will give fans the chance to wield the blade of Stellan uh, Geos. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, and just lots of other stuff like a Mace Windu novel, a Return of the Jedi, uh, you know, anniversary edition. That's like a visual guide. We've got a High Republic novel. Mm -hmm. So much good stuff here. Uh, Joey, I'm going to very quickly rattle off like all 12 of these yep. and I, I want you to let me know which one you're most excited for. Go for it. I got you. All right. Star Wars Mace Windu. This is a mini series. Um, the next one is Star Wars Jango Fett also looks to be a mini series. The next one is Thrawn Alliances. Uh, this one is the newest Marvel adaptation uh, and is written by Timothy Zahn. So that's, that's awesome. like and for those that don't know who that is, he was the one who originally came up with 
uh, the character of Thrawn back uh, in the early 80s. So pretty cool to see him return and write this one here with Thrawn Alliances. We've also got two that seemingly go together, Star Wars uh, hyperspace stories. One is titled Qui-Gon, the other one is titled Obi-Wan. Uh, these are graphic novels. And then a, another High Republic uh, comic book coming called the tri or called Star Wars the High Republic. This is in the third phase of the High Republic uh, comic books. And these two covers are Shadows of Starlight, uh, as well as oh, that's issue four. I'm sorry. Sorry, I'm reading off a lot of stuff here just consecutively <laughs> and trying to like dissect it as I go along. Uh, so new High Republic novel. Dude, that that cover looks so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The art for that one might be my favorite. Uh, as well, you can collect all the High Republic's finest lightsabers. Like you're a part uh, of Star Wars The High Republic, the lightsaber collection. So it looks like this is going to be uh, a new book celebrating the unique hilts of various lightsabers. Uh, and then again, as I mentioned before, a visual archive of Return of the Jedi. There's even a Star Wars dad jokes book that's coming out. Uh, additionally, we have a new Dark Horse comic book tales from the death star and lastly we have uh it looks like the high republic character encyclopedia mm -hmm. so i know that was like a long list of just a ton of different things did any of them stand out to you as the one you're most excited for the dad jokes i gotta see what uh <laughs> gotta see what kind of star star wars dad jokes i could uh drop on some friends i did not expect that <laughs> <laughs> no uh i mean that is kind of a joke but I think the um, the I'm interested in the and I think you're going to agree the comic adaptation of Thrawn Alliances. I think that's going to be the one that I'm interested in. I did read that book a while back, so I may have to revisit that before reading the comic, or maybe not, since it is the um, since it is that story as well. But in, and for me, whenever I I read books, I always want to see what things look like as opposed to how I think they look like. And this would be a great, great time to see that. Just like when I used to read Harry Potter books before the movies came out. Um, I wanted to see, you know, Diane Alley. And I wanted to see, you know, uh, Hogwarts and everything like that. So um, I think it will be really cool to see uh, this come to life in comic form. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. Thrawn Alliance is the one I'm, yeah. is the one I'm <laughs> definitely the most excited for. Although I will say the cover art for the uh, new High Republic graphic novel looks mm -hmm. so cool. This is like... One of my favorite graphic novel cover arts I've seen in a long time. Nice. Just, I love the colors, lots going on. Um, so definitely, I mean, I'm probably going to pick up a fair amount of each of like, yeah, maybe this whole list. Who knows? Yeah, so. we got to get back on our High Republic uh, read up readings as well. I know. Yeah, uh, comment down below, uh, anyone listening or watching, what our next comic book read through would be. I would love for it to be a High Republic set of uh, set of graphic novels. So. That was, in fact, it, for anyone that uh, doesn't know, today's episode is largely a sequel to our first read-through of a, a Star Wars comic book series, which we did feature, The High Republic. And so if you're interested in listening to that one after you listen to today's episode, we'll, we'll link it down below in the show notes if you're interested in checking that one out. Uh, but all in all, lots announced at New York Comic Con this year and lots to be excited about for the upcoming year of releases of Star Wars novels graphic novels, comics, and dad joke books. <laughs> yes. Uh, the last piece of news, not 
sure if how much news this is, but I did receive this very cool Ahsoka Tano Christmas ornament. Oh, that's to, cool. Uh, <laughs> to share this and do just a very quick unboxing before we get to some of our viewer comments from last week's episode. Um, this will be going on my Christmas tree this year. Ooh. Uh, it's like a little Ahsoka figure and if the camera will focus on her face or not but uh regardless pretty cool gift from from uh, the girlfriend and nice. definitely definitely gonna make an appearance on the on the christmas tree this year so nice uh, yeah yeah just wanted to share that real quickly that is very cool <laughs> yeah that's, that goes on the top of the tree yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly yeah it's going right at the top i should make my entire tree star wars <laughs> pretty wouldn't, wouldn't be mad about it. Would not be mad about it. Yeah, of course Ahsoka gets the top. Why wouldn't she? Well, um, let's go ahead and take this opportunity to move into some of the viewer comments and feedback that we got regarding last week's podcast episode. Uh, the two comments we wanted to highlight today were from, first of all, Lord Galvatron. Uh, Lord Galvatron says, if I didn't have Loki season two, I would probably rewatch Rebels to see if anything in Ahsoka becomes clearer. And this is uh, alluding to something we've talked about a lot in recent weeks. Just saying, like, I wonder what the perception of fans who haven't seen Rebels or Clone Wars would be like in regards to their feelings surrounding right. the Ahsoka show. Um, so this is an example of, you know, Lord Galvatron hasn't seen Rebels, and so... Well, well he said rewatch, so actually... Maybe rewatch maybe, Rebels, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so it, actually, I just realized the, that, too. Yeah, so maybe he has seen Rebels and just needs a, maybe a, a refresher or an mm -hmm. opportunity to kind of get reacquainted with the story in order to better understand some of the things that maybe seemed confusing. So Honestly, that's but, kind of what we're doing with Kanan, too. Yeah. To give, give us a little bit more depth in, into th that particular character. There's a little bit of the, the Rebels uh, ghost crew in there as well. So I think, uh, I think we're doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I love taking a character like Kanan, especially, who is so foundational to a certain era and definitely to certain characters and just kind of doing a deep dive and learning more about the lore and history. But uh, not to get too ahead of myself as we're going to dive more into Kanan here in about two minutes or so. Our second comment we wanted to focus on was from Aunt Vesuvi, longtime listener of the podcast. Aunt Vesuvi says, thanks, Ben and Joey. I took the quiz during, and then, of course, last week's episode, Joey and I both took a uh, who are you from from the Ahsoka show Star Wars quiz? And uh, we each got characters who I think we were both pleased with in the end. Uh, and Aunt Vesuvi took the quiz as well and got Sabine and said, which I'm, which I'm cool with. Not sure about what series I'll obsess over next, but I did spend eight hours today binging The Fall of the House of Usher. On Netflix. Ooh, interesting. I have yet to see this myself. Have, have you heard or seen this, Joey? I think I've seen it come up on the Netflix recommendation. So, um, okay. I, I I I thought it was Usher, like Usher Raymond, the uh, the the uh, singer. Um, I don't think it is though, right? <laughs> I I honestly don't know. I have no uh, idea. But the connecting point here is that <clears throat> apparently Mark Hamill has a role within this show. Nice. So, uh, all the more reason to get interested in this show and to give it a chance. Sounds familiar. Was he in? Yeah, how do I know that? That name? sounds familiar. I don't. I'll have to uh, Google him later, I guess. Oh, he was the the Jedi that that uh, sacrificed himself in Episode mm. Eight, right? Yes, 
That was. Oh, uh, that's how I know that's, who Mark Hamill that, is. That was. Oh, yeah, he did really well in that role. Yeah, yeah, that was. <laughs> oh, man, such a great movie. <laughs> uh, but, anyways, uh, obviously, we thank you as always, and Lord Galvatron, thank you as always for for your insightful uh, comments, and and we appreciate you both very much. And for anyone else out there listening to this episode. Uh, feel free to leave a comment down below on the video version of the podcast so that we can uh, display it on next week's pod and react to it as well. All right. I think we did all the news and comments and introductions in less than 20 minutes, which means, Joey, we have a whole 40 minutes to talk about uh, the Kanan comic review. I think we could fill this time. Yeah. Joey and I always joke saying that we're going to get it done under an hour. Last week we finally did it. We did will we it, make yeah. it. Will we make it two weeks in a row? Yeah, we gotta get everything done in thirty nine minutes, I suppose, was the, uh, <laughs> yeah. the correct answer to that. Yeah, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Um, maybe just to begin before we actually talk about the contents of the comics that we read for this week, uh, just as a very general overview, if you're someone out there listening to this podcast who uh, has not seen Star Wars Rebels, and you're like. Who in the world is Kanan? Um, Kanan Jarrus is the, I guess, former master now of Ezra Bridger, who if you've seen Ahsoka, Ezra Bridger is the one who uh, Sabine and Ahsoka rescued off of Peridia. So Kanan was Ezra's master throughout the duration of Star Wars Rebels. And to save you uh, the risk of there being any spoilers, I won't say too much more in regards to <laughs> what actually happens uh to kanan's character in that show in regards to kind of the dynamics of the ghost crew as they're known but this comic series the 12 issue series focuses largely on kanan uh kanan's early years his upbringing his upbringing and his time as a padawan and i have to ask you as an introductory question to all of our discussions surrounding this comic book series did you or did you not know going into this that it would be largely focused on Deepa Balaba? <laughs> so this is actually my second read through of this particular comic. Oh, okay, um, okay. So I was aware. So you did know. <laughs> I was aware that, and and uh, to be honest, that w this had sparked my interest quite a bit in in her her role in Kanan's uh, you know uh, upbringing, as well as her you know her as a Jedi. So. Yes, this is this is kind of where all that love started from. <laughs> I I am also just kidding, but um, <laughs> that that does beg the question. I have, I have a genuine interest in where your, uh, where your interest or your affection for the character of Deepa Balaba originated. For those that also don't know, Deepa Balaba is the master of Kanan when he was a Padawan, and, and that's kind of where this comic book series opens uh, relatively early on. So where did that where did that love for the character originate? Would you say? Would I say? Um, yeah, I think. I mean, I didn't really have any uh, outside of because she was in the Clone Wars. Um, was uh, I forget which episode of? Yeah, multiple um, times I think. Yeah, multiple she? times. Yeah, um, the Clone Wars, and I mean, even in the movies, right? Was she? Uh, yeah. So, I think the kind of having that character there. Because you know she, you know she, the the actress herself is looks like she's from South Asian descent. So of course that that's gonna mm -hmm. make me interested in her, um, just to see like okay, well let's let's learn more about her as a, as a character. 
So, I, but I think really it all stemmed from honestly this comic book. The first time I read the comic, I saw the connection they had, um, because you know I think this and I forgot the timing of when this came out in in relation to the Rebel series, like you know what season we were at or whatever it was. Um, but to see obviously who Kanan became, we know we knew you know early on in the Rebel series that you know he was a Jedi and he was trained properly um, as a Jedi. But you know to have this story get more information on her, I didn't even realize it was going to be her. You know when it when I started reading this for the first time, but uh, to have this information here, I think I, honestly I think this is where it originated. Yeah, I, and actually while you were. Uh, mentioning that there i did look up this comic book series was coming out uh, at the same time as episodes of season two of rebels was being released which is which is kind of an interesting approach you don't often see that from shows Mm -hmm. Uh, normally it's like you know the source material is completed whether it's the comic or the show first and then the other kind of takes the pre-existing source material and sort of builds off it Right. It's it's unusual to see the development of a character ongoing in two separate mediums simultaneously. Right. You know, like they're building Kanan's character while they're also building Kanan's character in the comic books. Mm-hmm. So, which obviously means there needs to be a lot of communication if you're Oh, you know, because both of these both of these are considered to be canonical in terms of Star Wars, the Star Wars universe and so um, I don't know, just an interesting insight that the creators of both Rebels and this comic book series probably had, I, I would imagine, had lots of dialogue back and forth in, in terms of how they were going to go about the exploration of the right. character. It really, does, it really does remind me of the High Republic and how they're, they're pushing out content for them, for mm-hmm. that uh, era. Because you've got comic books, you've got books, you've got uh, now a TV series... <laughs> you know, and uh, soon to be, you know, hopefully movies and everything like that. So um, to have all of the, because there's tons of writers, there's tons of writers writing all of the comics and all the books and all that. So they, same way, they need to communicate and say, okay, this is the character that I developed and this is how they're developing. Like, okay, well, I'll take it in here. You know what I mean? So to to have that kind of coordination uh, really does end up making a really good product at the end. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It it feels like it was facilitated pretty well, and um, I I I thoroughly enjoyed this this series. It was, I I would even say, I don't know if, I, yeah, I think I would say that I liked it more than the first one we read, mm-hmm. which I think it's because it was about a character we cared so deeply about, right? Whereas the old Republic series, while it was still great, I loved it, was not about characters that we were familiar with uh in a tv show or in live action so Mm -hmm. uh, in that regard this felt a little bit more special because it was expanding upon someone who we had spent so much time with during rebels right uh, and really getting to explore the origin of his character and so uh, we really get to see how kanan was as a padawan uh for i don't know 90 percent of of the mm-hmm. time there's sort of throughout the series of 12 issues there's sort of this uh parallel time thing going on and they sort of use uh, a back to tank like a person being in the back to tank that being kanan as a way to simulate 
uh, a past reflection and and then like the majority of the story focuses on his past reflection as something more pressing is hap- happening in the current time mm-hmm. but he's not able to deal with it because he's in the back to tank injured and so um that's sort of the mechanism that this story uses in order to retell his past which which I kind of liked mm-hmm. I, I thought at first it was going to be more like a 50-50 sort of thing and really the majority of this this series was about his time as a padawan so right um, yeah Something that you and I talked about right before we started recording is is how much inspiration Bad Batch mm-hmm. drew from from this comic book series. Uh, in fact, the opening scene of the first episode of Bad Batch is largely based off of this comic book series, um, where Kanan, who at that time was still known as Caleb Doom, um, is with his master, uh, Master Deepa Balaba, and um, Ultimately, Order 66 is enacted by Emperor Palpatine. Their clone troopers turn on them, and, and in a series of unfortunate uh, events, Master Deepa Bulaba sacrifices herself to save Caleb, and so that kind of begins his journey towards sort of not being sure where he is within the world and, and mm-hmm. eventually finding his way back to where he ends at the end of the comic book series, but um, I want to focus real quickly on the connection between this comic book series and the Bad Batch. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's worth noting that this comic book series came out over six years prior to the release of the Bad Batch. Uh, and there's lots of parallels you can see, not just like drawing upon source content, but there was something I also mentioned to you before we started recording. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a line in the second... Uh, the second issue of this series where one of the clone troopers who has recently undergone order 66 uses the line, good soldiers follow orders. And this, for those of you who have seen mm-hmm. bad batch, you've heard this a million times. This is the tagline uh, that you hear over and over and over again in that show. Uh, when it comes to, um, um, gosh, I'm, I keep wanting to say wrecker, not wrecker. Um, uh, uh, with uh not dead shot <laughs> dead shot what is his name not Dude, wrecker such such star wars fans we are yeah, not even real. remember is remembering characters names um golly oh no <laughs> why is it so difficult everyone everyone out there right oh crosshair crosshair oh my god everyone out the there worst. listening was like like how do you not remember the name yes 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 um Crosshair's line in Bad Batch over and over again is good soldiers follow orders, good soldiers mm-hmm. follow orders. And so um, there are two characters within this comic book series who are aligned with Deepa Balaba and Caleb to begin the series, uh, Commander Gray and Captain Styles, And they eventually kind of become the bad guys of this series mm-hmm. in a way, um, which is also another major theme of this uh, series of 12 issues that I really liked is that there is so much swapping of who is the good guy and who is the bad guy. Right. Um, and so anyways, at this point, I'm kind of rambling a little bit. How did you feel about the connection to Bad Batch in terms of this series? Well, I totally even passed over the whole good soldiers follow order. So clearly I'm a great Star Wars fan, but I think the, yeah, to 
obviously we we know the bad batch any clone clone troopers were around during this time of order 66 so we've seen stories with the bad batch we've seen stories with captain rex you know we've seen you know ahsoka get out of it so uh and you know with order 66 we've seen it also in kenobi what you know with uh with uh the inquisitor reva right so i mean so there's we've seen it from all these different angles and it's always really interesting every time they do it so this is just another case of it, especially with somebody who was able to escape that being at the time, Caleb doom. Right. So I think the using that story, it seems like that's like the well that they can just keep going to and keep going to. And, you know, um, but it's an important event, obviously in the star Wars universe. And, you know, we kind of mentioned the, and we, we haven't quite mentioned this yet, but, in this series also we kind of see the struggles that the clones actually have mm-hmm. because of it i think one of them eventually kind of turns i forget if it's i think it's gray right it's that, gray yeah 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 that kind of turns against the order 66 clones essentially and is able you know to kind of sacrifice himself for you know for the jedi for for kanan or um caleb at that point and you know helping him escape and everything so and just like you said, there's that parallel type of um, storyline going on with Bad Batch. Because obviously Bad Batch had, outside of uh, Crosshair, I remember the name, outside of Crosshair, <laughs> um, everyone else was kind of against it. So um, to see that see that continue, you know, being a storyline through the clones, I'm there's probably more stories. And, you know, they're going to be just as compelling, I think. So to have the have that connection with the Bad Batch is just a really smart idea. I mean, obviously, when they created this, and I don't know how long they planned these things out, but I remember when Clone Wars was out, there there was already talk about Bad Batch. You know, that was you know that was a pretty big thing that they they wanted to have a Bad Batch series, and so I'm sure even as early as if not earlier than when this comic came out, when Rebels came out, there was already talk about how they were going to get you know. Uh, how they were going to tell these stories of these clones, so to to see it come to fruition, to see it now in this comic, it was just a uh, you know I like those interweavings, so I, I it was great. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you catch by the way in the very first issue the the fulcrum name drop? Yeah. Uh. Y- yeah. They mentioned fulcrum. Yes. Yeah, I think it's on like the very first page of the first mm-hmm. issue. It's like, oh, they're already talking about Ahsoka. I'm That's in. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> um. Something that's very endearing about uh, Kanan's character within this series uh, is that he is very inquisitive and he asks a lot of questions, uh, which in a way draws his master, Deepa Balaba, more to him. Mm -hmm. She sees this in him and kind of recognizes it, and she's like, that's why I want you Mm -hmm. as my Padawan. Uh, And so there's this immediate sort of connection between the two of them because they're willing to kind of not not necessarily question in a way that I would compare to like Dooku but more from like a good-hearted stance of like well we need to ask these questions right um and so in that way um master deepa balaba is sort of drawn towards adopting kanan as her padawan and so uh, that relationship between the two of them is also a, a central key point of this comic book series as well. Um, 
We also learned about Master Deepa Balaba, which I didn't know prior to reading this comic book series, uh, is that she led a battle, or she led a battalion of, of clone troopers into battle, and inevitably 90% of them were, were killed in that battle. And so the first time we see Master Balapa uh, in this series, I can't remember if it's in, like, uh, well, later on, I think it's in the second issue maybe i don't exactly recall which one it was in but she's in the back to tank mm -hmm. because she's been in a coma for six months following this battle which we later learn uh general grievous grievous was involved in this battle one of the the many appearances who end up showing up in this comic book series uh and so early on this story is largely focused on the planet of power um, and this will sort of be the key central planet that is that is talked about for most of the Kanan Last Padawan series. Um, it opens up, and the clones are fighting the Separatists here. Eventually, the clones win. The Separatists abandon the planet of Kalor. And this is the moment where uh, that we talked about where it's kind of like this celebration. They're sitting around the campfire, mm -hmm. uh, both Master Deepalaba, uh, Deepalaba, Caleb Doom, and uh, Commander Gray and Captain Styles and sort of the rest of these clones. And uh, you see, I can't remember if it's Commander Gray or Captain Styles, but one of them goes over with the holocom. Emperor Palpatine pops up on it, says execute order 66. Uh, and immediately it's like mm -hmm. he's this master Deepa Balaba mm -hmm. who these clones adored. Um, ultimately, they are the ones that, that kill her and she sacrifices herself for for Caleb and he's able to escape. Um, what'd you just think about the early storyline of, of this, this series? Yeah, I think the, going back to what I said earlier to see the, um, the, this point of view from Caleb's point of view, seeing his master telling him, telling him to run, uh, full, full knowing that she's not going to survive this, you know? And, uh, kind of brutal, actually. You know, even though it's a comic, it was kind of brutal. Even after they were able to shoot her, there's a there's a frame where they're actually still shooting down at her. You know, right? Yeah. Um, kind of reminds me. I think it was Ayla Sakura. I think. Yeah. On uh, very, in episode three. Yeah. yeah. Very very similar type of uh, death there for for Deepa Balaba, and uh, yeah, and it's funny. It's it's just a still uh, image, but these uh, these artists do so good at uh capturing those types of moments but, but yeah to, just to see that uh this point of view once again uh to see how caleb reacted um and to see what he ended up doing i mean we got a little glimpse of what he did in bad batch you know he tried to just escape from uh clone for clone force 99 right i think that's their that was their official mm -hmm. name uh in addition to all of the other clones that we you know we come to find out here and commander gray and captain styles who like you said end up kind of being the bad guys that chase him around the entire universe um but not then we see him try to figure out you know his way and you know he ends up hooking up with like, a smuggler and you know just trying to make ends meet and try to actually uh survive just survive at this point you know and uh, but one thing you can't mess with with Caleb is you, you just don't call him kid. He just gets so mad <laughs> that um I I think he probably said don't call me kid maybe 
maybe three, four times each issue, I feel. So I, he definitely does not like being called kid, although he is very much a child in this uh, in this series. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty much the only thing that appears in every single issue is Kanan or Caleb telling someone, don't call me kid. And and there's even one point, uh, it's Casimir, the smuggler, who he befriends, calls him kid, and he gets so upset that he literally, like, punches him and mm-hmm. <laughs> then just, like, flies off and says, yeah, I'm never he, talking to you again. Doesn't he take <laughs> his ship after that? Yeah. So he... he huh? Well, no, that's the second time. So the first oh, time okay. he steals his ship, and then later on in the story, after they've acquired the second ship, which uh, Kanan refers to as the Escape, that's the name yeah. of the ship, mm-hmm. um, he, he punches his buddy who called him a kid, said, I'm leaving and I'm taking the second ship. <laughs> mm-hmm, and yeah. then he does. Like, yeah. oh, dang, okay. Nothing not uh, a kid. Yeah, of course, Casimir comes back into the story at a later point, but it's kind of like a moment where uh, it's right before, actually, he abandons the name Caleb Doom and then goes to another planet and officially adopts the name Kanan Jarrus sort of as like his new identity. Mm-hmm. In fact, there's even a point in this story where I can't recall who it is who asks him, uh, but he says Caleb Doom is dead. Like Caleb Doom died with Master Deepa Balaba, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, pretty powerful words there. Yeah, yeah, I thought so, and that was something I noted in my notes as well. Um, it, it, there's kind of this era of of confidence that Kanan has, or that Caleb has in the early parts of the story. Uh, he feels it, it notes, I think, multiple times that he feels very comfortable and even glad mm-hmm. to be in the midst of war. Right. And I, I think that is done. It's, it's definitely there in the early part of the series. And it's done, I think, to highlight maybe a misconception that he has with what it means to be a Jedi. Mm-hmm. Like, he is a brand-new Padawan. He's being thrown into the Clone Wars. And he's like, this is awesome. I've always dreamt of this. This is what it's all about, baby. Right. And then, of course, his clones turn on him. His master is killed. And he has to face this reality of like, oh, my gosh. Like, this is not what I thought it was. Right. And so it, it's almost to like sort of, I don't know. It, it mirrors how he feels later in the story shortly after, you know, his master is killed, of feeling abandoned before he meets Kazmir. Um, sort of that feeling of just, riding the high of the Clone Wars and, and then shortly thereafter, thereafter feeling kind of hopeless. And so, um, anyways, fast forward a little bit in the story and, and he's kind of, he's turned into this sort of smuggler and this thief who's running around with Casimir, who is uh, offered him solace at one point, which is where that initial connection came from between the two of them. Uh, meanwhile, Commander Gray and Captain Styles are still hunting him. And it's also worth noting that very early in the story, we mentioned that the Separatists and the Republic were fighting uh, back on the planet of Kalor. There is a character who's introduced as sort of this captain of the Separatists, uh, and his name is General Cleave. And he's another example of a character who's bad early on, but then comes to really be a good guy by the end of the story, right. uh, just depending upon the perspective you take in terms of, you know, what the protagonist is is trying to accomplish and and uh essentially you know after order 66 who's really a good guy and who's really a bad guy and in fact at one point when Kanan re-meets Cleave uh Kanan says to Cleave the enemy of my enemy is my friend 
Mm -hmm. uh, the enemy, of course, being the Empire at that point, and Cleave being the enemy of the Empire. And so um, that's kind of a reconnecting point for him and another character early in the story who seemed like he was going to be a bad guy. Right, and his didn't he have like an alias too, like John Doe or something like that? Yeah, 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 John Doe. And it's funny because I don't know if they ever did they ever use the alias again after he mentioned. I don't remember. It was kind of like the the fulcrum thing that Ahsoka right, yeah. uses. I mean, like, can they can they be a little less on the nose about that, John Doe? I mean, come on. <laughs> I didn't even catch that. That's funny. <laughs> wow. I mean, John yeah, Doe. Yeah, they 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 didn't even try on that one. <laughs> Wow, I did not even catch that. <laughs> You're exactly right. <laughs> um, and so they they team up, and and this is shortly thereafter is the moment that we discussed where Commander Gray starts to sort of begin second guessing. Uh, after this conversation he has with Deepa Balaba, that you know maybe what they did wasn't right, and um, ultimately, Commander Gray is the one that sort of uh. I think he shoots like the control panel of right. the inside mm -hmm. of their ship, causes it to explode, and and Kanan and Asmir are able to escape safely along with uh, along with General Cleave, and so um, they make it out. and And at this point, it's like roughly halfway through the story, <laughs> right? But um, up until this point, how do you feel about how did you feel about Kanan's trajectory as a character? I think it was really interesting seeing him. Well, when he was working with uh, uh, the smuggler dude, Casimir, <clears throat> he kind of was in his element there, kind of you know pulling these cons and trying to get uh, trying to get what he needs for you know, and then ends up ends up kind of befriending him. I think he even called him a friend at one point, and mm -hmm. just to kind of see that development with him, because uh, he was just so used to being as part of the Jedi Order and how things were supposed to be done. He almost, it almost felt like this was more him than being a Jedi was, you know? And if you watch Rebels, I can kind of see that too, where he is a little bit more um, not by the book, you know, he's he, and that fits his character a little bit more. So to get a little bit of background into how he was as a Padawan does make more sense of what the Kenan that we saw in Rebels. So I think that that was uh, really smart, you know, and to to see that background, to see the the origin of this particular character, uh, it it was just it was just really cool to 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 see it all line up in the end. Yeah. Um, when we fast forward to the next issue, there's actually a flashback where he's training with Yoda, which whenever <laughs> I get a chance to see Yoda in something, I'm always like, oh dang, yeah. like I'm so excited about that. Um, so there's a cool scene with Yoda, and um, this is also where he's, you know, really getting in. In this flashback, he's getting to meet Deepa Balaba for the first time after her coma, uh, and so together they realize that someone is uh, plotting to create this explosion within the Jedi Temple, and so um, they discover that this person is his name is Seer, Rackham Seer. And he's a captain in the in the Confederacy of Independent Systems, otherwise known as the Separatists. Um, and at this point, in in uh, attempting to uh, thwart this guy's plan, they they drive him away. And uh, this is really the first full mission that he and Master Bal uh, Balaba, or uh, subsequently he and Master Balaba, after this encounter with this 
Separatist captain go on their first full mission on a planet called Cardoa. Um, and there was something here that I really wanted to make note of. Oh, yes, I know what it was. Did you catch the name drop that happened here? Yes, that was Cad Bane, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I did I did catch um, that cuz I think did they do they say Cad Bane or did they just they, say Bane? They don't say they don't say Cad Bane. They said Bane and I I looked at it as like how do I know that name? Yeah, I was yeah. like, "Oh my gosh, Cad Bane." Yeah. Uh so they kind of name dropped him in here. So uh, one of the many other characters who who got a if not a visual appearance at least a a name drop. And so um Let's see. Uh, in the next issue, we actually learn that there is a colonel named Coburn Seer, who is the brother of the other bounty hunter Seer who attempted to to blow up the Jedi Temple. Um, and this is again on the new on the planet of Cardoa. This uh, battalion of clones, and again, this is now fast. Uh, go back in time prior to Order sixty six. Mm-hmm. There's lots of time jumps in this it series, is. which it makes a it little, a little bit confusing. A little confusing. Yeah. Uh, and so ultimately the battalion is attacked, uh, but in the end they win the battle and Colonel Seer is defeated and they learn that their next mission is to Maigito, which is where General Grievous awaits. Mm-hmm. So it's on uh, it's on Maigito that we also run into Ben Rao, which you enlightened me before uh, we started recording. I read this name and I was like, oh, okay. But this is actually someone we see in Clone Wars, which I did not right. remember. And you told me about. Uh, he's a Mandalorian in the Clone Wars. Yes. Uh, and so that I was like, oh, cool. Like another, per- there's so many name drops in right, here yeah. where they just like, you know, throw people in. And so uh, there's a dire moment when it doesn't, things don't look good for Kayla and Deepa Balaba. And so uh, he comes in and Finn Rao along with the Skull Squad. Goal Squadron, say that ten times fast. There it is. Uh, of Mandalorians end up, um, end up helping Caleb and Deepa escape. However, um, the other seer, not the one who was killed on the other planet, but his brother, um, kills one of Kanan's clone friends. Uh, the other, so that he's one of the younger clones, and so there's this running joke throughout the issue or two where he's around. Uh, that he and Kanan are both kind of referred to as the kids of the group. Right, yeah. Which, which neither of them really like. By the way, he does uh, not like being called kid, if you don't remember. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, uh, General Grievous also comes into the scene for the very end of this issue. Uh, meanwhile, this is all like taking place as a flashback. So in the modern time, the ghost crew, the rebels are being attacked by the Empire, and Kanan is in the back to tank, so they're trying to hold him off. Uh, and then there's like another flashback, and Caleb is fighting Seer while Deepa Balaba is fighting Grievous. Um, and so ultimately, Kanan kills Seer. Uh, Deepa Balaba doesn't defeat Grievous, but he does escape. And so they go to the present day, flashback to the present day. Kanan breaks out of the back to tank and rescues the ghost crew who had been captured at that point in time. There's also sort of this like epilogue story where uh, Kanan and Ezra are able to take the old ship that Kanan had called the Escape and rescue a a friend of Kanan's. And so uh, in this effort, Ezra provides a distraction. And it's on this mission that we actually get to see a couple other unique characters in the Star Wars universe. Uh, for those that have read the new Dawn novel, 
There's also a scene with Captain Sloan here, who is now Vice cool. Admiral Sloan. Very yeah, cool. just another really awesome inclusion of of uh, other source material. And so, uh, Kanan ultimately rescues his friend from Vice Admiral Sloan. And then at the very end of this issue, we actually see the Grand Inquisitor make an appearance, wow. uh, asking Sloan for information. And so. Uh, ultimately, uh, transportation is arranged for Ezra and Kanan to go back to Lothal and uh, reconnect with the rest of the ghost crew. And so that was my probably overdone and very poor <laughs> effort to summarize the oh, entire series. Uh, there are certainly parts that were glanced over and missed, tried to hit on some of the more major things. Uh, and at the risk of going too far over an hour for this podcast... Um, I think we should probably touch on some more general themes and just takeaways at this point. Um, something I guess we should first talk about, uh, and maybe we've already touched on it a bit, so you know, take it whatever direction you want to take it. Um, but when it comes to the relationship between Master Deepa Balaba and Kanan, uh, how did you feel about the job that this issue or this series of issues did in regards to depicting it? You know, I, I, we did mention a little bit of how she really picked him because of his demeanor and how he asked these questions. And, you know, it went because of the struggles that she had uh, being a general uh, where she had lost 90 percent of her battalion there. I think they were um, they were kind of a match made in heaven, really, you know, and I think they called her um, kind of damaged as well. She, yep. You could see the struggles that she was having kind of being in that role that she was in as as a Jedi, as a master. Uh, but they do allow her back on the Jedi Council in one, in, in one of the uh, issues there as well. To, so to see, normally when you think of the Jedi Masters, they're kind of this all holier-than-thou type of, <laughs> type of characters where they're kind of untouchable. But with with Deepa Balaba, you could see that there was a lot of conflict within within her that she had to get through, in order to be the master that came, uh, that Caleb needed. So to to see her growth as well, that's not kind of that's not what you really expect when you think of a master. You think of they kind of know what they need to do already. But from this series, you could see that she needed some development too. She needed to grow as well. Um, and to and to, to to and kind of in line with what with uh, what Caleb was doing, what Kanan was doing uh, with his uh, development as a Padawan, uh, just to see that all together, it kind of reminds me of um, Qui Gon as well. Kind of he is always kind of questioning things. So that's that when when we were uh, talking about how he questions a lot of things, it kind of reminded me back to Qui Gon, and you even mentioned Dooku and uh, those types of. Jedi that are pretty important to the Jedi Order and probably had, you know, if they maybe had them as part of the Jedi Order, maybe you wouldn't have had so many problems that you did. Um, but with Deepa Balaba, we, we know that they had at least one in there that uh, could ask the questions that were needed. Yeah, in many ways, I mean, you said it there. In many ways, their relationship is very similar to a Qui-Gon Obi-Wan relationship or, or even a Dooku Qui-Gon relationship. Um, just sort of that natural, you know, not like unwillingness to just go with mm -hmm. the flow and, and natural affinity to want to question things like, like Deepa Balaba makes it very apparent very early on in this series that the Jedi order 
uh, made errors in in taking military titles. Right. And you know, she's like very firm on that point, like that they should not have done that. That their role is more so as peacekeepers rather than you know generals or war heroes. So, um, Ipa Balaba, not afraid to go against yeah. the grain. I also wanted to just, I mean, we've talked about these already, but just to note, something that this comic series did so well uh, was it incorporated just lots of characters from with, you know, all throughout the Star Wars universe. Uh, we mentioned Finn Rao, who was a Mandalorian from the Clone Wars series. The Grand Inquisitor makes an appearance in the last issue of the series, as well as Ray Sloan, who is from the New Dawn novel. Uh, General Grievous is in, I believe it's issues 10 and 11, or maybe 9, 10, and 11. Uh, in this series oh that is a sick picture if you're watching the, the video version of the podcast yeah yeah issue 10 it looks like he's on the cover of and and, and even a cad bane name drop so just all sorts of stuff there was an ahsoka name drop at the very beginning as well um you know this this comic series did a great job of uh reaching across the star wars universe and including a a myriad of host characters so and, and i think it goes to show once again we we've said this in the past Watch the animated series, read the books, read the comics. It may not be exactly what you wanted. <laughs> I mean, what you're used to. And you even said it yourself, it kind of takes you out of your comfort zone of watching movies, watching shows and stuff like that. But because of, you know, things like this, comics and books and everything like that, uh, we get to uh, a, a fully, a more better understanding of a particular character. And um, even brings in other characters like Deepa Balaba and um, and and has connections to things like Bad Batch and Rebels and everything like that. So to to have something like this right in the middle of it all really does help make it for a better experience overall. Yeah. And, and I would even mm -hmm. add that part of, I guess, and maybe this is intentional or unintentional, but part of our efforts in doing a review of this comic book series right after ahsoka maybe does serve as some level of encouragement to people to be like hey like these are cool characters who have lots of depth uh you know if you haven't seen rebels if you haven't seen clone wars if you haven't seen bad batch like these are all great shows that not mm -hmm. only are star wars canon but just offer really great experiences really incredible characters and really fantastic stories so um i'll reiterate what you said and just say you haven't seen them and you still haven't mm -hmm. and you you know you're still putting it off and you've seen ahsoka and now you're like maybe i might mm -hmm. we, we will just say i think you should <laughs> hashtag not sponsored hashtag not sponsored yeah <laughs> do you have uh just any more thoughts about the canon comic <laughs> series as a whole uh or just kind of your biggest takeaways and or maybe perhaps what you enjoyed the most again i think the just the development of characters you know, especially with Kanan and, you know, where his origin story, I love origin stories. I think that's one of the <clears throat> the big things is you, you, you get plopped into a storyline like Rebels and you see, okay, well, here's this Jedi that made it out of Order 66. Well, how, what, what happened there? You know? So, you know, I think you said season two of Rebels is when this comic came out. So mm -hmm. pretty quickly you find out, okay, well, this is how he did it. You know, and, and these these were his stories as they, and they were able to connect that storyline of you know of his upbringing as a Padawan to the person he became you know in kind of real time during this series as well. 
you know, with the rebels, with Sabine, with Hera, you know, with everyone. So you, you can see the parallels of this is why who he is. You know, I mentioned earlier that it didn't seem like he's the type of person who doesn't necessarily goes by the book. Um, and a little bit uh, off of what you would expect a Jedi to act as or to think as. And it makes sense now because, we, we you know, you see this comic and, you know, he, they explain it a little bit more. He feels uh, he felt like exhilarated when he was at war and he was able to make a difference in that way. Um, and you kind of see uh, see that development going into the Kanan that we saw in Rebels. Um, he, he does turn out to be a little bit more Jedi, if you will, <laughs> kind of towards the end of the series. But I feel like he was much more of a rebel kind of at the start. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that that last thing you said is is a great way to put it. He he was more of a rebel at the start, which really I think personifies who he is in the Rebels series. You know, he is someone who doesn't do things necessarily by the book, but has a good heart. And so um the way that they depict that in the series I think is really well done. And and whether it's his interactions with Deepa Balaba or sort of his time figuring himself out as a person and what he's supposed to be doing. Uh, and the time he takes to sort of just be a thief, and then, you know, his uh, his coming back around to understanding what it means to be a Jedi, and so ultimately, all in all, just a really good series. And I would reiterate what I said at the start that I think I enjoyed this one more than the older Republic series. That might be a hot take, but again, because it's or the higher Republic, excuse me, not the older Republic, um, more than the higher Republic series that we read a couple months ago. Just because it is about a character we care so much about, and right. and I just I loved expanding the 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 depth and breadth of knowledge that we that we have about uh, about Kane and Jarrus, aka Caleb Doom, aka Padawan of Master Deepa Balaba. That's right. <laughs> well, um, Joey and I really enjoyed uh, the opportunity to to read this series and. And break it down and dissect it and gain a more fuller understanding of the character of Kanan Jarrus. Uh, for those of you out there who have read this, let us know down in the comments what your favorite parts about the series were. And if you haven't read this, uh, we would encourage you to take a glance at it and and uh, perhaps pick it up. Uh, not sponsored, but Joey and I both read this on Marvel Unlimited. Mm -hmm. uh, if you don't know what Marvel Unlimited is, there is an option to uh, subscribe monthly or annually and you can read literally unlimited comics mm -hmm. as subscription and so um and, we, and i are and we've read two <laughs> yeah yeah I, I guess we need to step up our game with yeah, our subscription that's right with the number of comics we're reading but um again marvel unlimited it's a pretty good resource for these sort of things and again not sponsored but we were <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't mind yeah uh well, a question we would like to pose to all of you as well who are listening or watching this. Um, which character do you want to learn more about? Whether that's a character that we talked about today in the Kanan series or just a character that in all the world of Star Wars you'd be more interested in learning about uh, and perhaps someone who does appear in a comic book series, we could potentially uh, do a deep dive into that character as our next uh, our next comic book series here on the podcast. And so uh, let us know down in the comments, again, who do you want to learn more about in Star Wars? If you had to choose one, maybe two characters, let us know in the comments. 
on next week's episode of the Hoth Hangout podcast. Uh, this is what I'm so excited about, Joey. A good one. Um, side note here, I finish a course for graduate school this week. And so uh, now that that is going to be off my plate going into next week's episode. Oh, oh, here we go. Where we'll be discussing the Mortis Gods, which is very uh, applicable to the recent Ahsoka show. Uh, I, I'm going to have to do a lot of rewatching over the weekend. That's yes. all I'm saying. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As long so, as it's not like five minutes before we record, I think we're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely didn't read more than half of this comic book series within the past hour before we recorded, so. Definitely not. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> join us next week for the Mortis Gods episodes discussion and where we'll do a big deep dive into uh, who are the Mortis Gods, what do they represent, what do they look like in Clone Wars as well as in live action? And what it all means for the future of Ahsoka and just more uh, broadly Star Wars in general. So uh, that'll be a really fun one next week. Remember, you can always check out the Hoth Hangout podcast every Thursday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern. You can also check us out on YouTube for the video version of the podcast. Subscribe there. Thank you to the 339 of you who are subscribed. You can email us, hothangout at gmail.com. Your questions, both Star Wars and otherwise, we'd love to hear from you. Again, that's hothangout at gmail.com. The podcast is available on Apple and Spotify and anywhere you get your podcasts. Be sure to leave us a five-star review. Again, that's the Hoth Hangout podcast on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere you get your podcasts. We are also on all the socials, including Instagram, TikTok, and X at Hoth Hangout on each of those. A big thank you to Gibbo for producing the show, video, and assets, even though he couldn't be with us for this one. And a huge shout-out to Joey for being the behind-the-scenes guy on this episode and for effectively producing this one more or less. And so, uh, Joey, big shout-out to you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joey, any last closing thoughts before we sign off on this one regarding uh, Kanan or just anything else otherwise? I mean, we're we're a couple of weeks away, um, a couple of weeks past Ahsoka being uh, off the air now, and we are still able to talk about Star Wars. There's so much stuff that's out there. We kind of mentioned it earlier on. Go watch it. Go read it. Th this is really, this is what this is what you can do with your time until the next Ahsoka series uh, or the next uh, the next show that's coming out. So there's plenty of it, and uh, um, like next week, more discards is what we're gonna do. Yes, I'm really excited. Yeah, there's 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 just so much Star Wars that's like constantly out there to consume now, which is such a fun feeling, you know. We're, you we're living get, a good time. We do. We do live in a good time. <laughs> uh, well, we look forward to talking about the Mortis Gods discussion in next week's episode. It's gonna be a great one. Shout out to George Lucas. Shout out to Dave Filoni. Shout out to Kanan Jarrus. And shout out to Crosshair, whose name we could not remember. <laughs> <laughs> but we will now. But we will now. Uh, thank you, as always, to each of you for listening to the Hoth Hangout podcast. We appreciate each and every single one of you so, so very much. And we'll catch you in next week's episode. And may the Force be with you. <laughs>